Today we're talking about the film May December, starring the dream pairing that is Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. It's a brilliantly written movie and we have an exclusive interview today with screenwriter Sammy Birch. Here's Sammy on working with Natalie Portman. It's been such a dream to get to work with Natalie Portman, not only as an actress, but she's also a producer on the on the film. And she was so not afraid of really going dark and deep with this character. I mean, I think that this character is, is very insecure and really trying to, to prove herself as a real actress. And I think those moments that Natalie lets the character's guard down and you can see that doubt and insecurity are so, not only sometimes very funny, but it is, you know, it's very uncomfortable. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I'm gonna get that gun of mine and I'm gonna change you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. Some people call me a freak. I hate that word. I don't believe in it. Better yet, I don't believe in labels. You know, I think you're the only girl in the world that can stand on a stage with a spotlight in her eye and still see a diamond inside a man's pocket. Because I'm up at five every morning working my ass off. Does someone want to just tell me to my face you're never going to give me the scores I deserve? Hello and welcome to Girls on Film. I'm your host, Anna Smith, and today I'm talking to Sammy Birch about the new film May, December. That's out in cinemas now and on Sky Cinema from the 8th of December 2023. May, December is directed by the legendary Todd Haynes, who's helmed films including Carol and Far From Heaven. Natalie Portman plays a famous actress, Elizabeth, who prepares for an upcoming role by spending time with Gracie, played by Julianne Moore. In her new movie, actress Elizabeth is going to play Gracie, who is famous for a different reason. She had an affair with a 13-year-old boy that hit the headlines and landed her in prison. Decades later, Gracie is still with Joe, who's now played by Charles Melton. It's a fascinating setup, and I was intrigued to talk to Sammy about where the story came from. Well, Sammy, welcome to Girls on Film. Thank you so much. It's so lovely to have you on the podcast. A massive congratulations on May, December. I mean, my goodness, Thank what an you. extraordinary script. A lot of our listeners are hoping to get into the industry. So I'm curious to know, okay, so you, this is your first feature screenplay that's been made into a film. Yeah. And it's been made into a film, a massive awards contender, Todd Haynes, <laughs> Julianne Moore, Natalie Portman. How did you do this? How did this happen? It's been really lucky. It's there's really no other element. <laughs> besides oh come on! It must have been an amazing. Obviously, it's an amazing script. Well, I've seen you. the film. Thank you. <laughs> there, there's nothing I, tangible I can uh, suggest. Basically, I mean, I wrote this as a spec. My main goal, really, with it was to get representation because I didn't have an agent or manager or anything like that. So everything that followed that <laughs> has been. <laughs> surreal domino one after the other of, of these incredible people um, attaching and being involved but um, yeah that was the that was the the hope and it's obviously far surpassed any expectations it's such a pleasure to meet you you are so sweet we're so happy to have you thank you for doing this it's so generous well I want you to tell the story right don't I we're taller you look taller on television, but we're basically the same size. Basically the same. Feels like things just settled down and now y'all are making a movie. 
It's a very complex and human story. I think it's hard to trust that you're going to represent Gracie as she was. I'm going to try. And so Natalie, I believe, Natalie Portman got hold of the script and then took it to Todd Haynes. And how did it feel at that moment when you found out that he was directing? Oh, I mean, a complete shock. Uh, every, I mean, every part of this. The first piece was Jessica Elbaum, who isn't in London right now, but she and Will Ferrell's company, um, she was the first producer that like completely got it when it went out and who got it to Natalie Portman. And then, yeah, I didn't know, thank goodness, because I have a nervous constitution. You know, I, I would have been really waiting um, on pins and needles if I knew, oh, they sent it to Todd Haynes and he's reading it. I didn't even know that until he was interested and wanted to Zoom, because this was all, that added to the surreal nature of this, is that my first meeting with Jessica was like m March 10th, like it was right of 2020, oh, right wow. before everything shut down, and we're both very germ conscious, so we were like, let's make it a phone call. So I didn't meet anyone involved on this for for years. If everything, wow, I was like, so am I like actually in like some kind of medically induced coma, and I'm gonna wake <laughs> up and this was all fantasy? <laughs> but when I found out Todd was interested, it was just the shock that went through my body was really extreme, of course, because I'm such a fan of everything he's ever done. I mean, he's one, one of those directors that you just can't believe exists. Well, it feels like a wonderful meeting of the minds and talents because, yeah, I mean, your, your, your script really does just seem to chime with, with what he sort of deals with. But there's so many interesting themes in the screenplay. So I'd love to know from you where this started and, and where, you know, which character came to mind first and how it evolved in your mind in the writing process? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely Joe, Charles Melton's character that was the seed of this for me. So he's a man that's 36 years old who is a father and his kids, his youngest kids, these their twins are about to graduate from high school and He's about to become an empty nester, and he is married to Gracie, who Julianne Moore plays, who their relationship started the summer after seventh grade. He was a, a minor, and he really hasn't processed, he kind of hasn't had time to process because he was thrown into fatherhood so young, what happened to him and what also the results of the kind of media blitz that followed because it was a big tabloid story and I think that that was the part that felt really interesting to me of someone it's, it's almost like a coming of age story but someone that's not only almost 40 but also in a position in life where most people are probably at least 20 years older than that you know it's a mixing of tones but that was always the core touchstone for me of what this story is about and, and the kind of emotional center of it. It feels like his character is treated with so much empathy in your writing and I love how his character really evolves throughout the course of the film we get to know him better. Of course the people that look at the the posters for this you, you see two amazing women and obviously as girls on film I'd love to also yeah. talk about that because I'm I'm 
always very interested in films that play with you know two women who whose whose identities merge a little bit mm -hmm. and there's a, an element of this going on as people will see from the poster would you like to speak to that a little bit yeah i mean i think we kind of enter in with elizabeth who's mm -hmm. this television actress going to savannah georgia to study this notorious woman that she's about to play in a true crime independent film and it be, we think maybe it's her story and then it kind of reveals itself to be a portrait of two women and then by the end Joe kind of emerges as the emotional center so as you sort of peel back the layers of what this is about but yes I love you know obviously persona and three women and these kind of they're not exactly cat and mouse but you know this this mirroring of women in this case very complicated <laughs> troubling women um, is definitely a, a fun part about this project. What's your relationship like with your kids? How is that relevant? Heard the actress playing my mother. Look me in the eye and tell me how selfish you are. You're different than me. You're a modern woman. <laughs> Why would you want to play someone who you think is a bad person? It's the moral gray areas that are interesting. <sighs> Insecure people are very dangerous. I have an idea of what sneaking around with you must have felt like. I shouldn't have said that. No worries. Yeah, complicated and troubling. I mean, both women have the power to scheme and plot, and, and I actually loved watching both of them do that. It was, I thought the characters were so fascinating to watch. I mean, on Girls on Film, we're always celebrating complex depictions of women, and these certainly are that. <laughs> <laughs> As you were writing, were there any particular moments where you felt that it, it went in a very key direction? You thought, oh, okay, now I have the crux of, of this character and, and her motivations, because they're both quite enigmatic in some ways, aren't they? Yeah, yes. I, I mean, Gracie in, in particular, Julianne's character, mm. I think really what it all centers around is, why did she do this? Why yeah, did she do yeah. this? And how aware is she? And that's something I find really endlessly fascinating. And I still don't, I don't know. I mean, I think it can't really be known as the the movie really comes to say, but that element where we can see her being incredibly manipulative and showing her power all over the place um, for many different reasons. But there feels like almost, I think of her like a, like a jaguar or some kind of predator in the wild where you're sort of like, this must just come naturally. And there isn't as much plotting as it would take maybe for Elizabeth's character who would try to pull off the same thing. There's like just an, an innate sense of um, power and manipulation, I think. Do you think there's something to do with gender here in terms of the fact that there's a power dynamic, obviously you see with Gracie, that she maybe is found quite erotic perhaps to the fact that she's older than you know when they got together you know and then this this minor and do you think there was some kind of we see before that she was in quite an ordinary marriage before that maybe there's a, some kind of reaction against that uh, yeah I mean how do you feel about that? yeah it's it's really interesting I think that Gracie has this kind of like hyper femininity that's weaponized yeah, it's, it's unclear how how much is she's aware that she's doing that's purposeful, but I think the way Todd and Julianne have spoken about it, I love, they, they call it a princess syndrome, where it's like, you know, she's seeing herself as this little fragile person, and she's cast Joe as this 
man to kind of come and protect her and be her caretaker. And and obviously that's a very disturbed interpretation of what is there. But yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with gender and there and there is an interesting kind of mix of the ways in which she gains and maintains power in these relationships. Do you remember when you first met? You came to the pet store looking for a job. It was summer after sixth grade? Seventh. Seventh. Why do you want to play me? When they sent me the script, I thought, here is a woman with a lot more to her than I remember from the tabloids. What would make a 36-year-old woman have an affair with a seventh grader? People, they like see me as a victim. I wanted it. Indirectly, you look at how tabloids and, you know, the media deal with instances like this, which, of course, have similar instances have happened in real life. Women have gone to jail. Do you think there's a double standard or a different way in which the, the, the tabloid press treat a woman who has had an affair with a minor as opposed to a man? Yeah, well, it's it's all very interesting to me. I mean, I think there is a double standard almost in both directions. You mm, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's... Because it is rarer, so these these figures, especially you know at the crux of when tabloid culture was so huge before the internet, the, these people have become celebrities, and in some ways that's because there are probably so many instances of the reverse that there's no need yeah. for them to be celebrities yeah. of men kind of preying on schoolgirls, I guess. But then it's also just very different because our world is different. So the elements in which make up these stories or what people are telling themselves, I mean, that I think is what, and have seen and witnessed in my, in my own life of, this is absolutely true of the reverse, but it's, it's rare that you see it depicted that this is, and I'm, this is a podcast, so I'm putting, <laughs> She's doing quote marks, I'm the witness. <laughs> you know, a love story. That's how this is being framed. This is a rare love. And that's an incredible amount of pressure that's put upon a young person that clearly Joe is still dealing with the ramifications of being told about what this is and how he sees it and himself when he was not in a position to be able to you know, make those decisions or even process what was happening. So, yeah, there's a lot that's there that's interesting. And let's talk about Natalie's character, Elizabeth. Um, I love that this is kind of quite dark in its interpretation of how an actress might behave <laughs> or the lengths that she might go to, yeah. um, let's say, without spoilers, to you know, get, not just get the part, but to explore the part, to inhabit the part. Do you want to speak a little bit about that and, and, and your process with that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's been such a dream to get to work with Natalie Portman, not only as an actress, but she's also a producer on the, on the film. And she was so not afraid of really going dark and deep with this character. I mean, I think that in some ways the instinct was, to, there's just a, a humor, a dark humor that comes with getting to enter the story in this way because she is very fake and glib and, you know, clearly, you know, you can see her having this experience. Like you can see 
the way she's luxuriating and like being in this town and getting to be <laughs> studying for a role. It's like very self-conscious and and yes, it's not that it's not entirely flattering to actors or method <laughs> actors, but it really isn't an indictment on the whole profession. I think it's it's just this character is is very insecure and really trying to to prove herself as a real actress. And I think those moments that Natalie lets the characters guard down and you can see that doubt and insecurity are so not only sometimes very funny, but it is you know, it's very uncomfortable. They're sweet, aren't they? Very. They're a very beloved part of this community. I can see that. So, what is it you love most about Gracie? She always knows what she wants. She's unapologetic. I wanted to speak about some of the scenes where Elizabeth meets people from Gracie's past because they're among my favourite scenes in the film. I mean, I love the whole thing. But I just, you know, really interesting dynamic. It's almost like, as a journalist, I relate to because it's almost like she's interviewing them, really. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Can you speak about that? Those are some of the most fun uh, scenes to write because you kind of get this new voice coming in and their perspective and you you know you start to feel like okay we're pulling up this thread and then you're like oh there's so many threads everywhere what do we do you know everybody has their own point of view and and unreliability and I love the writing the lawyer that was the, that was a fun point yes, and that's the, a really the interesting son scene. he's amazing that actor Corey Michael Smith he's such electricity and in, in the original script there was only that scene and when Todd read it he said this character's really dangerous because he's one of the only honest people in the movie. And so then from there, I added that second scene with this, that same character, and that was so fun to get to bring that presence back because he is, there's like a raw honesty that makes him seem a little off, but he really is the only person kind of not in extreme denial of this situation, <laughs> and, and he's at odds with the world because of it. Yeah, I loved when he came in. It felt like a real exciting, jarring moment. You're like, okay, here we go. Well, what's this? Yeah. Yeah, and, and you, you've been sort of, your expectations have been set up about what this son might be like, and he maybe subverts those, and that, that's rather fun <laughs> yes, in a rather exactly. shocking way. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, I love how everyone calls him creative. They're like, he's really creative. And then you meet him, and you're like, oh, my God, it's scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, polite term. Yeah. Um, Talk to me more about how you came to writing. I'm interested to know more about your background. Yeah, I I mean, I really started writing in high school. Um, I, I, you know, would write plays um, for my friends to do at school. And then I went to NYU. I have a degree in screenwriting. But then I, I was working in casting because that's sort of a family business. And I was an assistant actually in Georgia for some of the time, which was helpful because I knew some of the local actors, <laughs> and I was writing the whole time, but it it just took the right story, chip away at that hole to kind of get in. Oh, I just feel like you really did find the right story. I mean, this is just something that's captured so many people's imaginations, you know, and it's as you know, really I hosted exciting. a BAFTA Q&A um, with, with, with you and Todd and Christine last night, and everyone coming out was going, wow, 
that was amazing. You know, the, the universal praise and, and only shot in 23 days. Oh, Astonishing. It's really crazy. I mean, and you could only, there'd be no way to do it if you didn't have a director like Todd. I was on set for a few days. I got to visit and like the confidence of, it's not like, oh, and then we'll do over the shoulder and then we're going to do over here. and then, You know, it's just like, this is the shot. We're going to do it a couple of times. The actors are at such a level that the work's already done, even though they didn't get that is what blows my mind is that in a movie where one character has to literally learn to become the other, they didn't get to have rehearsal. I mean, they, they had to do it in real time. And I think only because they are who they are, you know, that was possible. But it's just, yeah, it's it happened so fast where it was like, oh, and they're done. <laughs> it really was miraculous. Does it feel kind of surreal going on set after, you know, these characters have been in your head and on the page for so long and now you're seeing it? Oh, yeah. I hadn't met Julianne Moore. I had been on set for a few days, but she hadn't shot. And so I was kind of comfortable with everyone. And then I first saw her through the monitor come out and shoot that, that last scene at graduation where the two of them are in white and they meet on the field. And I mean, that, it really can't be described. I, I got chills. It was bizarre to see, you know, this character come to life completely, you know, Surreal is what I keep saying. It's it's very surreal. I'm curious to know what happens next. Obviously, May December is going on a, a long journey, I think, <laughs> um, and in this award season. Um, but are you working on anything else? And what are your ambitions in the industry? Well, I got hired from this oddly to write the. I'm assuming this is an international character, but the Wiley e. Coyote. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I think most people know who okay. Miley Coyote is. Well, yes. I partly grew up in America, but I think it showed over here as well. Okay, yeah. I I wrote that that they shot that last year too, so it's been it's been so interesting going back between a movie like this and the Wiley Coyote movie. It's called Coyote versus Acme, and it's adapted from a humor piece from New Yorker by Ian Fraser about Wiley Coyote suing the Acme Corporation. So it's like a legal thriller for kids. <laughs> is it an animated film? It's it's a hybrid. So it's kind right. of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit is to film noir as this is to like a legal thriller. Um, so that's been very, not ever where I, you know, I mean, I, I had written this and then they were like, oh, you have a meeting. I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> they're not going to hire movie. me. That's amazing. <laughs> that has been so fun and strange and hopefully kind of you know I tried to approach it like a legal thriller ultimately but so that will come out I think next year they've shot it and I just hope to you know I mean I, th I see myself probably more in the adult space than the coyote space but I <laughs> I just am looking for more dark stories and and you know my goal is really to work with incredible actors and and directors like I've been very lucky to do. Well, you've got off with an extremely good start with the <laughs> May December. Um, if there's anything you want to leave our listeners with with regards May December, well, I just hope people enjoy it, and I think it's a really fun experience to watch. I think it's very uncomfortable, but there's humor that breaks the tension, and I think it's the kind of film that you want to talk about after, which is what I like. I look forward to hearing what our listeners think. And as you say, there's a lot to talk about. Yes. So enjoy. <laughs> and it's been such a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much, Sammy, for joining Girls on Film. Thank you so much. This has been great. <laughs> You're listening to Girls on Film. I'm Anna Smith, and I was joined by Sammy Burge to talk about May, December. 
You can watch May-December now in cinemas in the UK and on Sky Cinema on the 8th of December. Thank you for listening and we'll be back with another pod soon. Girls on Film is an HLA production brought to you by executive producer Hedda Archbold, producer Lydia Scott, audio editor Nick Wassell, intern Charlotte Matheson and our partners for this episode, Sky Cinema. See you soon. I am naive. I always have been.